This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. You're listening to Deadset Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a fully independent podcast about podcasting with a global focus and perspective. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. You've been hinting at a few things recently, and it's the main reason I had you on the show, and it just happens to be that these things always take 40 minutes to get to for me. You seem to, and I know you pretty well in terms of listening to you talk about things when I think you want to say more, but you're not. So I'm not going to let you get away with that today. The industry has changed, and to me it feels like you see the role of a hobbyist in the industry being different moving forward in terms of what our expectations should be or an independent show in general. Now, can we dig into that? Because you've you've hinted at it a few times, but I haven't heard you really go deep. No, we haven't had a huge segment on it, on this particular topic on Better Podcasting. We do have a segment in Better Podcasting called the Better Better Podcasting Download, in which we talk about the podcast industry. So we've been following the podcast industry for hobbyists since 2015 our very second episode episode two we inserted the segment and i don't think we've had more than three episodes since 2015 without the download so we've been talking about the industry for over five years the thing with the industry today versus where it was in 2015 is there's a lot more money into it and why is there more money it's because podcasting is now mainstream we can say it Podcasting is mainstream. Everybody knows what a podcast is. Everybody can get podcasts on their smartphone. Everybody knows how to download a podcast or they can find out really quickly, or they probably listened to a podcast and didn't even know it. So it is infinitely easier to consume podcasts and to accept podcasts than it ever was before. You don't have to go to your computer, download an episode, put it on an iPod, take your iPod into your car with some sort of connection kit and listen to it on the car or listen to it via headphones. Now you have Bluetooth headphones with your smartphone with active noise cancellation that just fit in your ear without any cords. I mean, it's so easy compared to what it used to be. And yes, there's primarily there for music, but you can listen to podcasts that way as well. And because of that, there's a lot more advertisements that have come into the show. So there's a lot more into the pod space. So there's a lot more corporate entities that have entered in. You have things like Pandora and Spotify. Luminary tried it a little bit. You have Amazon coming on again, I guess, for the second time with a podcast division. You, you have all these corporations that want their stake in it. There's rumors now, and I haven't heard any confirmation, that Apple Podcasts is even going to talk about monetizing podcasts for the first time, whether it's in their own creative podcasts or whether they're going to enable some stuff within the Apple Podcasts app itself. There is a lot of money, which means there is this opportunity for these corporations to buy staffs. These staffs do things like research for the show, post-production for the show. You can get better talent behind the microphone you can have a lot more dollars for promotion. 
you have a lot more industry contacts so that you can take that promotion bit that you have and do it in other spaces, whether it's within podcasts itself or whether it's in the broadcast media. I've even seen TV commercials about podcasts. That never used to happen before. And it definitely never used to happen before with hobby and independent podcasts. So that's why the space has changed. It's got more industrial. You have a lot more money behind it. Now, the same space that has those podcasts have independent and hobby podcasters. And what's the difference between independent and hobby podcasters? Not much. In my mind, an independent podcaster is a podcaster that's trying to make money in their show. They might be able to stay home full time. They might have several shows or a network or something like that, but they're independent. They're not affiliated with any of these big industrial companies. A hobbyist is somebody that's literally doing it out of their home after they've gone to work all day. They're doing it in their own free time. It's a hobby just like you would running or biking or fishing or golfing or flying or whatever hobby that you want to throw out there, weaving, uh, quilting. My mom does quilting, so I had to throw that in there for her. It's all these things that are hobbies and podcasting can be a hobby. The thing is, as a hobby, you're doing it with a limited amount of time and resources. It's just you. It's what's in your wallet and it's what's in the wallet and in the time bank of your co-hosts and whoever's on your team. You can do a hobby podcast alone. You can do it with a team of 10, but still you are all doing it as a hobby and you are all still limited in terms of time. So you're not going to be able to compete with the people that are in corporations and you're definitely not going to compete with those promotional dollars that they have available to them. This is the thing that I wanted to get to. Sorry, SP, to cut you off too. We're talking from halfway around the world, so there's no elegant way to cut someone off on Skype from two different countries. <laughs> there's a bit of a delay. So the the promotional dollars you've talked about, that's the thing I haven't heard you dig into. And you just gave us some incredible idea of the landscape of where we're at in terms of the size of businesses and the the variance between the hobbyist through independent to that other layer of big industrial type shows that are coming from big networks and radio groups. When you say that we can't compete with the promotional dollars, A, do you think there was an expectation at any point that we could? And was that maybe propagated in the space that we had equal access to everything and we could be just as big as these shows or we could fight them off if they tried to take over the space? And I guess the other question, is it actually an issue really that we can't compete? Like, does it actually mean anything that we can't? Will we go away if we can't compete? I hope it doesn't discourage anybody from starting shows. I hope it just makes the expectations a little bit more realistic. There's a lot of people out there that are taking a look at Joe Rogan going, I can do that. And yes, you and I actually both could do what Joe Rogan does a little differently because of our personalities, but we could both do what Joe Rogan does. What we can't do is we can't bring Joe Rogan's celebrity into it. We don't have the celebrity base. We, we 35 years of stand up, two very popular TV shows, the UFC being basically he, his voice is recognizable as the voice. Right. And the experience. And when you are, 18, 19, 20, and you think you could do that. And I guess when we were back then, we could probably say, even though, well, I, I guess 
I was going to say Howard Stern would be an example, but not for everybody. So Howard Stern, you uh, you had the the radio personalities like Rush Limbaugh. It's a big name. Uh, do I subscribe to either of their shows? No, I, I don't. But you had these big names and everybody's saying, I could do what they do. Well, yeah, you can, but you just don't have the following in order to get the millions of downloads and it's just going to take some time. And in this time and space of podcasting, it's going to take you a lot longer to get to where they are because you don't have that instant availability to go out. And you started out by asking, was there ever an expectation that you could compete with big radio and and big TV? Yeah. Yeah. I would say five years ago, seven years ago, there was an expectation that you could go toe to toe with those guys. But the space wasn't as monetized as it is now, and you didn't have as many big corporations in it as you did now. Yes, you had like ESPN having their podcast division and stuff like that, but you didn't have whole companies that were created specifically to create podcast content. It was always the secondary thing that they said, okay, so we've done this thing like CBS Radio News. We can also throw that out as a podcast. Now, you have companies that are putting together podcasts specifically to be podcasts. And that is what the shift has been. And it has unfortunately taken away a competitive edge from the hobbyist and the independents because of the money involved. And, and you said, can you still compete? That was one of the, basically one of the questions you had in there, right? Yeah. Yes and no. Yes, you can still compete, but you're going to be working your tail off. You really are. People that have podcast networks, you think they have their dream job because they're talking into a mic all day or they're just manufacturing shows like they're a producer of the show. They're doing a lot more than that. They're talking to ad sponsors and they're trying to create bulk deals and they're trying to finagle talent and they're trying to finagle podcasters that might not want to podcast that week for whatever reason. I mean, you come from a music background. How many times did a band go to a gig that you know of that just broke up there on the spot and refused to play because like one of the players or singers <laughs> couldn't do it? I mean, that happens in uh, real life, lot. right? Every day in the music industry. And the- even in bands of moderate to big size, someone will just fall apart right when you need them not to and then suddenly you don't have a band anymore so the same thing happens with podcasters so it's not all cherry it's not all (laughs) roses it's it's not all there with with podcasting yes it is it's fun for for a lot of people like you and i this is fun stuff so yeah it's a great industry to be able to get into but it's not just sitting down at a microphone and talking for an hour there's a lot that goes on (laughs) behind the scenes that's really well said, and it makes me think, SP, that what I took away from what you were saying was for a long time, we couldn't really promote things the way that these big shows could, but the independents and the hobbyists, maybe more your independents because they're probably putting more into their show in terms of resources because maybe it was a little bit monetized or it had something else going on. They might have been doing it for 10 years instead of five. We were winning the quality game. The stuff that was coming out from a lot of big networks wasn't actually, it was either only just as good or not as good as some or most of the really good independent shows. Now, with dedicated teams of professional audio people everywhere, 
being coalesced to make standalone dedicated high quality programs and they've also got those promotional dollars the game has just gone up in terms of how great you have to be to compete at all and I don't want that to be a discouragement because what I look at it is and I think I heard it put and it's maybe not not the language that I would use but it does work for people the, the love meter if you can fill someone's love meter up to 10 when if someone listens to on the bubble podcast and they love the expanse like we do SP and I and that makes them feel a 10 out of 10 that it was worth their time and they loved that episode and then they go listen to some NPR show or Freakonomics or whatever and that gives them a 10 maybe maybe objectively my show is not as great because it's not as popular but I still got them to a 10 on their love meter I think you're right I don't think there's any room for mediocrity if you want your show to grow now if you're doing your show for personal development or pure enjoyment or to hang out with mates and, you know catch up because as adults we try really hard to avoid catching up with anybody having a podcast is a good excuse to regularly catch up if they're the reasons you're making a show that's fine if you want the thing to grow and have enough of an audience where you're getting some feedback and some encouragement and you're touching a different you know different groups of people I think you've got to really focus on quality now which to me means don't stress about your website if your show doesn't already sound good don't stress about your email list if you don't have some kind of format for your show that you're happy with and the people you're doing it with enjoy hey guys just quickly if you wanted to save 30 percent on your first editing job whether that's a package of five episodes or a single episode email free 30 in the subject line to hello at deadsetpodcasting.com let me know what you want edited and we can go from there. So save 30%. Use the subject line free30 and email hello at Deadset Podcasting. And thank you for being absolutely amazing and listening to this episode. Righto, back to it. Don't stress about your website if your show doesn't already sound good. Don't stress about your email list if you don't have some kind of format for your show that you're happy with and the people you're doing it with enjoy. Work on mic technique. Don't work on some marketing funnel from 12 months from now because that was all the stuff we used to hear. No one talked about making the show great. A lot of the advice was what can you do with the show to bring people into your world and market things to them. I think that, if anything, quality is more important now than it's ever been. Disagree with me? Cut those ideas down, SP. I'm open to all of it. You don't, <laughs> you're sitting there nodding. <laughs> Yeah, it was like I was saying it myself. I agree to absolutely everything you said. One of the things a few years ago, and I think it's still being touted today, is go to a a professional podcast conference and podcast movement. I'm not going to pick on them specifically because I hate them or anything. I'm just going to say podcast movement, which is a conference that I think it's going to happen twice a year now in the United States is considered to be the conference for all podcasters. And the story was, if you're going to succeed in podcasting, you have to go to podcast movement. Okay. There is a lot of benefit going there to meet other people, maybe friends that you can catch up with, just like any sort of maybe going on a cruise with a bunch of people that you knew from college. You get together once a year to go on a cruise, that sort of thing. 
podcast movement kind of fits that thing, but podcast movement is really a conference for the professionals now and for the industry. And it's really there so that you can meet other people in the industry to make those connections to make money. And if that's your ultimate goal, go for it. Here's the rub. It costs money to go to podcast movement. First of all, there's a ticket, which is not all that much this year, but it used to be like $500, $600 to attend it. Then you have the airfare to get there if you're not fortunate enough to have it in your city. And they do rotate cities, so it's not just one place all the time. But if you have to get in a plane to go there, and for anybody international, you're obviously getting on a plane to go there. And this is pre and hopefully post-pandemic. And that's going to cost you anywhere, just estimating somewhere between $500 to $2,000 for a ticket. And the hotel room, because it's during the week and you have to take time off of work if you're a hobbyist, by the way. And the hotel room eats, I don't know, could be as much as $200 a night, depending on where they have it. Like in Chicago, when they had it in downtown Chicago, those hotel rooms go for at least $200 a night. And you have to spend at least, if you're going to do the whole conference, four nights, so that's another $800. And then meals and trips back and forth. So this starts as you can add up all these things. They add up to at least like $2,000 to $5,000. Now, if you have two to five thousand dollars ready to drop on your hobby, and some people do, then that's great. But if you don't, and you don't have any revenue coming from your podcast, my point was always to focus on making your podcast better, have your song quality better, focus on gear. If you do have two thousand dollars and your podcast doesn't sound that great because you don't have the right audio gear, then get the right audio gear, and then attend the podcast the next, the, the conference the next year. Uh, make sure that your hosting techniques are improving. And a lot of this you can get online. You don't need to go to a podcast conference to do it. I mean, some people learn better in person. Okay. But you don't have to. And if you can do the, all this without going to podcast movement, then don't go to podcast movement. And that was the thing. Everybody was saying, you got to go to podcast movement. I'm going to podcast movement. I want to see you at podcast movement. Here's my discount code. I'll see you at podcast movement. Inferring that they get a kickback from the ticket sales, which is just how these things work. I'm not going to say it's bad, but it, it is how these things work. You just don't have to do that if you're a hobby podcaster. You can do it. It's just like the people that go to San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, you can do it. You're going to spend a lot of money. You're going to spend a lot of time uh, waiting for tickets, waiting in line uh, for hotel rooms. Some hotel rooms are stacked with 10 people. <laughs> I just, it's a, it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy place. I did it once in my life. I'm never going to do it again. And so I get it. People do that sort of thing. I just don't think podcast movement is at the point where, where you can do it. And the only fandom that you're going to do there is maybe meet some of your idols in podcasting. It's not like San Diego comic-con where there's panels of of people and they talk about the next season of what I'm going to do in this audio drama. That's not what the conference is set up for. It's set up for, industry to say here's what we're doing with our new platform uh, as a promotional thing to, a way for them to get information out to increase their brand identification and that sort of thing that's what that conference is about it's for a certain type of show make creator or business owner and one thing before we finish up sp i want to just so you guys know this is i'm going to do a little bit of a teaser here for what we're going to end the show on we're doing a little rundown a quick rundown of Maybe some of the places that we would spend two or $3,000 instead that we think could have an impact on your show if you're just starting out or you're ready to do maybe a gear upgrade. 
because that's something to me, and you said it so well, spend it on other things. If you get to the level where the next progression for you is to start engaging the industry, maybe that's when you step into a podcast movement. But if you do a gear upgrade or you go by yourself audio repair technology, which we could probably honestly all use more than we can gear when we're first starting out because it's just one button and analyzes the sound and fixes it for you if you get a good package like Isotope. Maybe it's not world-class stuff if you just hit go and hit the automatic button, but it gets you in the ballpark. That's something that impacts every single second of audio that people listen to. It's here nor there if you're going to get anything out of podcast movement if you're not at the level where you can follow through on those networks or engage those people after the conference. If you upgrade gear or your hosting skills, more important than any of that stuff, the environment that you record in, which is where I think people should spend more money on the where you actually record, dealing with echo and environmental problems. It's the number one. Microphones can't solve all those issues, regardless what people say. All those things impact every second that your listener hears. Nothing you do at Podcast Movement has that guaranteed return to me.